In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, our gospel this morning is about freedom. It's about how we approach what we think it means to be free. While we so often miss the point that it's only in Christ that we have true freedom. So we often delude ourselves with the belief that freedom is really about having as many choices, as many options as possible. So for example, my wife and I have this experience in our own lives. I don't think it's unique to us, maybe it is, but we'll decide to sit down on a couch and watch something on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever, and together we go through all the options, right? And there are so many choices, good choices, mediocre choices, bad choices, we just can't decide. Right? We're paralyzed by choice. So we end up wasting 30 minutes trying to pick something. And then after 30 minutes, we just get frustrated and just say, all right, let's just go to bed. This isn't going to work. Right? And indeed, we have thousands of options to choose from. No one's forcing us to choose one over the other. We can choose anything we want. But it's all too much. And we choose nothing. Well, as modern people... We're confident that we're free because we have unlimited options. But we often find even though we have unlimited options, we're not really free at all. Right? There are dozens of things we might spend our Sunday morning doing. There are hundreds of things we might choose to study in school. There are countless communities we can choose to be a part of. Yet, do all of these options and choices lead us to a good life? We are free to choose to do whatever we want. We're free to be whoever we want. But are we really free? Many of us delude ourselves into thinking that, well, if we work long enough, we work hard enough, we save enough money, that'll buy us freedom. But then we miss the reality that we're not actually free because, well, we're spending our lives for something else. So many of us believe that we're free because we do what we want when we want, we're not rooted anywhere, but then we're lonely and we're depressed. And then we get worried about our mortgages, our retirements. We're overworked. We begin to get burnt out at our jobs. When we have free time, well, we're shuttling our children around or reacting to some post on Facebook or we're worried about the news and so on. And so there is a sort of freedom in all of that. There is a freedom and having unlimited choices. But there's also a problem, and it's a modern problem. We can choose to be whoever we want, but we choose so often without acting for what is good and what is true. But Jesus is telling us here in the gospel that true freedom only comes when we abide in his word. The world can only offer us shadows of what he has to offer us. The world can offer us millions of distractions, it can offer us endless ways to live our lives, and we will take the world up on those endless offers, but we'll find that we're never free until we're free in Christ. In our text, Jesus sneaks through the crowds. He shows himself at the temple, and he begins to loudly teach them. And everyone's amazed at what he says, and in our gospel, Jesus begins to talk directly to the ones who had believed in him. He tells them words that we're familiar with, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And his audience is both a little confused and a little offended. 
they say that, hey, we're already free. Or we're the descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves. Well, they're stretching the truth and they know it. Throughout their history, we all know this, the Israelites were enslaved. They were slaves in Egypt. They were exiled in Babylon. They were occupied by Persians, Greeks, and then presently, in the New Testament, the Romans. The people in Israel have a long history of not being free. And everyone knows this. But they're deluded by a lie that somehow, by virtue of their ancestry, they are free. They think it's in their DNA. But in reality, they exist entirely at the whim of an empire that occupies them. But Jesus uses this political belief to turn the conversation with his audience to their sinfulness. He tells them, whoever commits this sin is a slave to sin. But whoever continues in the words of Christ will be free, because it will no longer be deluded by a false hope. Jesus is telling them that their hope should not be in the fact that they are Jewish. Rather, their hope should be that God has sent his son to give them abundant life. To them, freedom came from the fact that they were Jews. Just like for so many of us, freedom means that we have unlimited options to define ourselves. And that's the heart of the problem in this scene. Many of these people who believe because they saw Jesus doing great things initially, they'll walk away. They'll join in the conspiracy to seek and kill Jesus when they realize that the promised kingdom is not about the kind of freedom they're seeking. They want a Messiah, a king, who will rally behind their notions of freedom. One who will take up arms and beat away the Romans. They're looking for a Messiah that will tell them that because Abraham is their father, they're truly right with God. They're looking for a Messiah who will excite them with a message of triumph and worldly grandeur. <clears throat> they're looking for a Messiah who will confirm their prior assumptions. And Jesus is telling them, that they're merely slaves to sin. And the Jews who are arguing with Jesus, they're living a lie. They think they know what freedom is. They think they know what the truth is. But Jesus tells them they're far away from it. Like Jesus' audience in Jerusalem, we delude ourselves with false notions of freedom. And this is why Christianity is such a scandal in our times. Because Christianity says there's only true life and freedom in Christ. And so make no mistake about it here. When Jesus speaks about the truth, he's not just talking about some abstract principle. He's not just talking about a set of facts to memorize, some stats or data. Jesus, speaking of the truth, is speaking of himself. Jesus is the truth made flesh. And Jesus is the only one who can cut the chains of sin and make us free. Abiding in Jesus, remaining in him, obeying his word. Is that freedom? To the world, that's slavery. Just like the Jews in Jesus' time who cried out that they were free, even though the Romans had them in chains. Modern people believe they're free, though they're chained to lives dedicated to sin. Lives dedicated to the stuff of this world. Modern people are chained to the lives of the world's sexual ethic. Modern people are chained to the lies that politicians are a hope for a better world. That accumulating power and stuff is the answer to everything. The world, to the world, the cross of Christ, it's an emblem of oppression, not freedom. 
The cross represents a good teacher who's powerless against the powers of the world. And for the world, death on a cross is a problem to be avoided at all costs. And if that death is inevitable, then for the world, we must spend our lives enjoying as much stuff as possible, accumulating it all, accumulating power. But the death of Christ is our freedom. Because when we die with him, we're promised that we'll be raised with him. Christ has conquered the only threat that this world has against us, death. He has taken it, and he's assured us that new life is our future. And so you, as baptized Christians, are free from the chains of this world. You have died to this world, and you've been given a new life and a new perspective. You've been given a life that rests in the goodness of Jesus. It's a life that rests in the fact that you are secure in the hands of a loving Father. And no matter what the world and the devil throw at you, your identity is defined by Jesus. In our baptisms, we have died with him. And so in our gospel this morning, we're called to live lives not of delusion. We do not live our lives trying to pretend to be something we're not. Because the end is sure, and the end is Christ. All knees will bow at that name, because the name of Christ is truth. And so we rest in that truth and that truth alone. And that truth is none other than Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.